I'm always an adrenaline junkie. When I was 12 years old, I had a brain aneurysm. And um, when you're 12 years old, you really don't know what that means. I started to like have a stroke. My, my mouth started to draw, draw down and the nurse said, Mrs. Griffith, I think something's really wrong with Darren. But then uh, after that, when I got home, I, my parents didn't know what was wrong and um, I became paralyzed. They took me to the hospital and they, they did a lot of tests and they said, this kid has an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm. You know, my parents basically, you know, they, they kind of let me make my own decisions. Like, well, what are you going to do? And um, I was like, well, let's do it, you know? So we did this and... Um, thank God I'm here. And that's when the new Darren was born. Welcome to this week's episode of American Real, where we bring you the story of Darren Griffith, who at the age of 12 had a health scare from which doctors gave him only 10 years to live. Nearly three decades later, Darren has been thriving and says that's when the new Darren was born. 11 years ago, he started an apparel business, promoting it in an unorthodox way through fashion shows at rock bars, rodeos, and getting celebrity support from actors to band members to rock his shirts. His company, Paragon, is built after its defined name, a model of excellence. So sit back and relax as I welcome Mr. Darren Griffith. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Darren Griffith. You are a small town boy with big dreams who settles for nothing less than perfection, wanting to take ordinary 
and turn it into extraordinary. Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here, Roger. <laughs> this is great, and I really appreciate you making the trip um, this morning. And I'm just curious, your, your, what do you think about uh, upstate New York? What's your first impression? I, I love it. It's, um, it was a long ride. We thought it would be longer, but we got here and at like 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so we thought there would be traffic, but no traffic at all. And you had a time to look at the area a little bit? Yes. A lot of mountains mm -hmm. around here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, excellent. And I can't wait to get into your story today. Uh, there's, there's so much to talk about. I, I want to know a lot about Paragon. I mean, how you started it, where it came from, um, what, what, what was your initial mission with this? And explain, explain to us what it is. Um, so Paragon is a model of excellence or perfection. Um, I used to work at a, a bank and um, I, I got tired working at a bank. I was doing very well at a bank. I was working as a collections manager and um, I came up with this idea of a a women a woman silhouette um, that you can you can probably see here on my shirt. It's half of a woman's silhouette, and that to me is perfect. It's perfection. Um, I love lines on a Porsche. Um, so all of that is. I came up with this, and I was trying to figure out a name for it. And um, a woman at my work said, go to thesaurus.com. So I went there, I Googled perfection, and Paragon came up, a model of excellence or perfection. That is how I came up with Paragon. Um, the, first, the first time I did, every design that I do, it's, it all comes from me. Every shirt has a meaning that I do. And that's really interesting. I love that back story because a lot of times we don't know how people come up with names to things. So right. uh, you did something that someone you know, suggested you do. You go to thesaurus.com, you're looking for the names. And, and as soon as you saw that name, did you know? Absolutely. At first I wanted it like Prince did, you know, the artist, where, but you, know, you have to have brand recognition first right. to do it. But yeah, as soon as I saw it, I mean, that to me was, that was it. The, a model of excellence or perfection. And is the company built entirely around apparel? Uh, yes, it is. And what, what was the mission? So what, what was your idea? It went from a thought to you know, uh, the, an idea and, and, then, and then you put it into action, right? So how did all that come to be? Um, well, I started to do t-shirts and at that time it was MySpace. And I put it on MySpace and People started texting me and they liked the shirts. A lot of girls liked the shirts. And then I got to thinking, wow, I could really do something with this. And I was still working at the bank. And um, all of a sudden, I came up with this idea for the Paragon Girls. And I was like, well, yeah, let's do that. And then so I started with... Um, I started sending people free shirts. In this business, that's what you do. You spend a lot of money on getting shirts out there and having people promote it. And it's awesome when famous people promote it for you. I'm always an adrenaline junkie because I don't know, um, I'd have to go back to when I was 12 years old, I had a brain aneurysm. 
And um, when you're 12 years old, you really don't know what that means. And it's where um, they injected a balloon into my carotid artery to stop the aneurysm from growing. And um, the doctor said, don't, the doctor gave me the best piece of advice I've ever learned. And this is kind of what started everything for me. Don't die a second death worrying about if you're going to die. Go out, live your life to the fullest. Um, and that wasn't in 1993. <laughs> so, but like 10 years later, so like 1992. Okay, I'm telling my age now. My son thinks I was born in 1983, though. <laughs> we'll keep that a secret. So, um, but in 1992, I had a relapse. And with an aneurysm, your, your left side of your brain controls your right side. Um, I became paralyzed in my left side. Um, I started to have a Charlie horse and I had a stroke. And when I was 12, like I said, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I mean, it was hard for my parents. My dad was a bus driver. And um, I remember, I'm sorry, it's... When I was, when I got on the bus that day, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I have a Charlie horse. He's like, get the hell in school. Because I was the kind of a boy that played woof, you know. So he said, get in that school. He says, you're not taking off another day. So I was like, all right. So I went into school and... um Sorry about this. No, it's okay. During, during like third period, I started to like have a stroke. My my mouth started to draw draw down, and and um, I called my mom because my mom was a little softer than my dad, <laughs> and so the nurse said. Mrs. Griffith, I think something's really wrong with Darren because, you know, granted, I did play Wolf, had my grandmother come pick me up from school, then we go to the movies. You know, that's how all kids do, I guess, back in the 80s here. <laughs> um, but then uh, after that, when I got home, I, I, was, I had to go to sleep. My parents didn't know what was wrong. And... Um, I became paralyzed and um, I was paralyzed and they took me to the hospital in Hagerstown and uh, Dr. Carey um, said, we're not operating on you because I don't know what this is, you know, or this is bigger than me. So got to ride in a helicopter. <laughs> and they flew me down to Baltimore, and um, they flew in two, and I, it's weird, I know the doctor's names. They flew a doctor in from Texas, Dr. Epstein, and uh, another doctor named Dr. De Bruyne from France. And uh, they, they did a lot of tests and stuff, and they said, this kid has an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm. And what that is is, on your um, on your your blood vessels, 
it starts to grow out like this. It's like an inner tube. I'm going back to my 12 year old self, the way they, because they they told me and then they have to put metal clips on it to kind of kill it. It was too wide. So in in 1983, they um, put, they injected balloons into my carotid artery. First person to ever have that, I'm in the record books there. <laughs> and, um, uh, and so they, they put the, uh, they put the balloons in my carotid artery to help this shrink. And, um, you know, my parents basically, you know, they, they kind of let me make my own decisions. Like, well, what are you going to do? And um, I was like, well, let's do it, you know? So we did this and uh, thank God I'm here, you know? Um, and then like in 1994, 1992 to 1994, I don't know what year it was, I had a relapse and I started to feel the same way. And the doctor said, don't die a second death, go live your life to the fullest. You have 10 years to live. And I'm like, what? And and so, um, and that's when the new Darren was born. Crazy hair, earrings. Thank you, Kip Winger, because I wouldn't have earrings if I didn't see you perform here with Winger. Um, and um, I tell you, ever since then, it's that's that's the whole me now. You know, that's an amazing story. I'm so glad you shared that. But I can't help but think that. First of all, I want to know why did he tell you ten years? I mean, what 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 made him say that? Well, he said that because every year um, something about the blood will keep put, pushing into your, your, your blood vessels in your brain and that aneurysm is going to keep because the clip didn't work and the balloons and stuff, that's like, that disintegrates and stuff like that. So it, the, it, it just like... Like he told me I couldn't get my blood pressure up or anything because you don't want to put pressure on that and then have it relapse and get bigger and bigger and then pop. Because I tell you, if it pops, you're done. So did you have a, a second surgery? Did you have to go back in? No. No. Okay. So now the second part is you became yourself. So you kind of just let it all go. and But it, did it... It took that, it took that for you to become who you are. And, but I think it's really relevant to all of us that we're all put on this facade, this mask that we live behind, right? right? You became yourself, and here we are, what, almost 20 years later? Absolutely. And... 27 years. Okay, thank God, <laughs> yeah, 27 years. So this, oh, this was in 1992. 92, 93, okay. yeah. So after that, I reinvented myself. And it's funny that you said about a mask because, um, and with, with the mask, it's like when, when I worked at the bank here, 
they said um, sometimes, like, I'm myself, you know, and I reinvented myself. Wild hair. I looked, I had even, like, my hair and my earrings and stuff. Working at a bank is kind of, yeah. But I let my, I let the way that I worked prove myself. And then they're like, oh, well, there's Darren, crazy Darren. And um, so... After after I got ready to leave, um, you know, because sometimes the mask, like I took that off, and I became myself, and like, and and that's the thing about me being myself, and like things that I taught my son, you know, I'm I'm showing my son an example. You can be whoever you want to be, um, you know be a leader, not a follower. And I'm sure that every parent always says that, you know, be a leader, not a follower. And um, so with that, you know, then I became, I became free, you know? And I tell you, I, um, I went to this motivational speaker, Larry Latimer, and um, changed my life. You know, every day I wake up, no matter how bad of a day or, you know, you're having, you get up and you say, it's going to be a great day every single day. And your day, no matter if you have turmoil or anything in your life, you still get through it. And, you know, I never want any of, anybody of my family to be depressed or anything like that. And so that's, that's, that's me, you know, saying it's going to be a great day and that's the that's the lessons that I instill in my son too so hopefully he will instill that into his son later down the line or much later what advice do you have for people that are struggling young or old with becoming themselves what it took a health issue for you to really step into your own it sounds like um what advice do you have for others how to, that, that may not have that health scare right. to, to push them? Well, I tell you, um, the thing that I like is if you're, if you're feeling down or anything, you know, if you, if you say it's going to be a great day, some people hate saying that. But it's okay because if you say it, you don't have to say it out loud. I mean, there are times where... At the beginning, I was saying it, it's going to be a great day. And as soon as I get out of the bed, I run around the house and I'm up and I'm ready to rock and roll here. So, but yeah, just say it's going to be a great day. If you do that, like if they say, if, like you do it 14 days in a row or something like that, you'll do it every day. You'll form a habit. You'll form a habit yeah. of doing that here. And I just love the story because you've created your own reality. And we all have the opportunity to create our own reality. I think most of us grow up thinking that we have to conform, that we have to be someone who we're not, that we have to wear that mask. You're a great living example of creating your own reality. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I sure am. You know, and I... I mean, I'm excited about it, you know. Um, I, 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 I'm who I am, you know. I, I'm not afraid to, to, I'm not, I don't pretend to be someone else. So let's talk about the tattoos. What are the meanings? Well, 
<laughs> so I, I got the tattoos um, when we first started developing this TV show. Um, because, so it's fairly recent. Well, no, this, well, probably about six years ago. Okay. Six, yeah, I'd say six. I mean, I had the first tattoo I got was up here because I wanted to look tough, you know. And, um, but I, I went and I wanted kind of a, you know, a side where there was a good and a bad side, you know, like a, a, a yin and a yang side. Um, but to be honest, I just want to look like a bad boy, you know, because I'm skinny and, um, you know, and like, I just wanted to rock it up a little bit. I, but you say that kind of tongue in cheek. I think you are tough. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so. There's not many people that would do what you did to be living the way you are. So in my mind, that makes you tough. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, does it, right. are you tough inside? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, remember the saying, um, don't take my kindness for weakness. There we go. And, um, uh, you know, you're really uh, pretend to be weak when you're really strong. And that's me. And I, I have faith, you know, so I, I'm a, a I have faith in God and I'm a, I'm a big believer, you know, so. I've posted that quote before. It's a strong quote. And actually, the guest before you, we were talking about the same thing. He was talking about being nice, that he's a nice guy. He worked in New York as a magazine designer, publisher. Right. And he treated people nice. But he saw himself rise in his career because of that. So now here we are, and you're basically saying the same thing. <laughs> right. That you, you could be tough, but you could still be kind. Right. And I think we need more of that in this world. Absolutely. Kindness. It's, it's okay to say hello to someone. Like, you know, that's how you meet people. You know, um, if you can, if I, I always feel like if I can brighten up someone's day by, by saying hello to someone, you know, we don't know if we change that person. You know, it, it's okay to talk to people. I've, you know, like, I talk to everyone, probably to a fault here, you know, like, so if we're walking somewhere, I'm like, hey, how are you? Um, I know my stepdaughters hate it sometimes. <laughs> like, why are you talking to those people here? But it's, it's great, you know, and I, I just love, I love making people happy, you know, and if we, we don't know what they're going through. That's right. And if they say, oh, hey, then maybe, well, that person cared. And in many ways, that type of behavior is infectious. So people see one person doing it, then they'll, they'll follow suit. And maybe because you did that on the street to someone, maybe that'll help them think next time. Right. And I think there's a ripple effect. I hope so. To that. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so I used to hang out at this place in Baltimore called the Angels Rock Bar. And um, they used to have... Um, they used to have um, like fashion shows. It's a rock and roll bar, and they were going to have a fashion show. And um, they, what? Well, what happened was with the fashion show, the guy backed out of it, and they had no one. And I was like, "Wait a minute, I'll do it for you for free here." <laughs> and they were like, "Awesome!" 
So I came up with this idea. That's where the Paragon Girls came about. So the girls that I gave, gave shirts out to, I started calling them, hey, do you want to do a show for me? We had this show. We had a fashion show. I had guys there. I had girls. We put a lot of money into it. Starting off a business, of course, you put stuff on credit cards, you know. And so I wanted this to be big. I wanted this to be a fashion show that no one would ever see out there, not just walking down, um, walking down, turning around the catwalk and coming back. We had rock and roll. We had fire breathers. We had aerial dancers. And we also had um, uh, body suspensions. And believe me, when this started, when this happened, after we did this show in Baltimore, Paragon blew up. In Baltimore area and the Maryland area, everybody wanted to be a Paragon. And they wanted the shirts too, <laughs> but it seemed like the, the Paragon girls were getting bigger than Paragon here. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was amazing. And if you can, just bring us back to that first show that you did. When, when you describe all of that, give us more detail about that evening, I assume it was, or day. What, what was it like for you to see that actually come to be? Well, um, at Angel Rock Bar, of course, you know, when I, when I started this, we, we stayed at this hotel. I, I rented a, a vehicle, had all the girls in the truck. And, um, you know, I hired the biggest makeup team and everything. Like, going out, not really s selling your shirts anywhere, but this is actually the first launch of Paragon. So I created shirts like the Firecracker, um, uh, Dangerous Curves, um, Paragon Girls. And um, so we, we, and we made such a, such a statement when I had the girls in like boy shorts and, you know, and then their outfits and we had to go to the Angel Rock Bar. They had an elevator. And I tell you, that's when I, it was really, serious and it really felt really good because I felt like hey I made it and it's only in Baltimore but I really made it because you're going down and all you heard with this boom 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 and like you're going up <laughs> and it just was so exhilarating and when that door opened man people just like usually I stick out in a room but they didn't even know who I was when 10 of my girls came out of this elevator and they're all knockouts and uh, you know they, they came out and everybody just like ran to them and they were like oh hey are you here let's and then we got the the red carpet treatment and I tell you Roger nothing like the red carpet treatment here. How did it make you feel though all that work thought? It was it was really good um, it made me feel it made me feel excited. It made me feel like I accomplished something here. And um, the, the best thing was, when you're doing something like this, when you, when you can look over and you see your friends from high school that you invited and you, you, know, you had some other like local celebrities coming there and you know, sitting there and, you know, and I, I went all out with it. I mean, we had uh, T-shirt guns and stuff, and we were shooting guns, and uh, the shirts were going out in the crowd. Everyone loved it, and you know. And I was like, 
I was I was proud of myself, put it that way. And um, you know, because I emceed the whole thing, and at the end, we had guys that like this one guy named Eden was like just ripped, and all the women loved him. And you know, he wear my shirt one time. He come out. The next time he would come out, he would have my shirt as a fanny pack. And I didn't know that we had fanny packs. And then the next time he would come out, he would have a shirt on his head, you know, as a headband. And uh, But I went with it, and people loved it. And I tell you, the last thing, the last song of the night was Tommy Lee's Get Naked song. And um, that that really set me like I need to do this for the rest for as long as I can ride the wave here and because uh, the girls came out and uh, they're amazing they I call them the America's best built machines here that's what I call them they came out they tore their shirts off and they had bikini tops and everything on but the crowd went wild so so let me ask you because there's going to be people listening to this that have different perspectives than others, right? And I think this is a good example of where we could kind of talk about something like right. this. So many people think, well, you may be exploiting women, where it sounds to me like you're in a different place, where you're actually saying, no, these, this, I'm honoring them. This, Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about that, the yeah. difference in, in thought and people that do think about women being exploited? Yeah, so... And, you know, when with the Paragon girls here, we go out, and I want the girls to go out. There's nothing wrong with beautiful women. And, you know, they... Well, and it's in, you said it started with the silhouette, right? Exactly. And it's a model of excellence or perfection. When you put on a Paragon shirt, you feel, you feel very confident, and you can... Like, I feel like a rock star every time I put on my own shirt, you know, because um, with the women, when they put on their shirts here, they, they just feel sexy. And it's about, you know, it's about self-confidence and stuff. Now, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, no, please. Finish. finish <laughs> and um, like when we went out, I would have my girls go out into the crowd and um, they would meet and greet and they would talk to everyone here. And, um, you know, and it's not about exploiting women at all. They're sexy. And, you know, with the, with the T-shirts here, that's, to me, that's not exploiting the girls. It's, they're just showing their, their sexiness. And then other people say, wow, I can look like this too. But when you're doing a show, there, there is a... Um, let me see. There, there is a, uh, uh, you know, a factor that you have to go above, and sometimes it has to be over the top, and uh, that's the way I did my first show. Now, the first show was a little rough, but I'll always remember that show from here on now. And like anything, you, the more you do something, the better you get. You refine. Exactly. You don't make the same mistakes. And right. So, continue on with the timing of this so then when when's the next show okay so the next show is um well we first got probably about a month later um mickey coachella from uh, 98 rock in baltimore 
um, he did a show called, uh, I forget what it, it was called, it was a little local show here, and um, they invited the Paragon girls on because we made a big splash. And um, so we went there, and that's where I met John Allen from Charm City Devils. Uh, he's lead singer from SR, he's a lead singer for Charm City Devils. He played drums for the 80s band Child's Play and then SR-71, Charm City Devils, and now he's with Stone Horses. Um, I met him there, and he's like, the girls, first they did their show and everything, and it was just about how the show and everything went. But John Allen really helped me because he's like, dude, we need to get together because I love your girls. They're very sexy and they're fun. So with John Allen, he says, hey, you should go on tour with us. Like when we do a tour, I'd love for the girls to maybe come up on stage, do, do, some, do some parts up on stage, maybe dance up on stage, and, um, you know, and I'll let you sell your shirts there. Boom. And I said, look, dude, I'll be your merch man here. <laughs> so, and the great thing was with John Allen is we started to, um, like we did a show at Ram's Head Live in Baltimore. And now we're just doing local stuff right now because it's, we're small, we're learning how to, to do everything. But we did this and um, I got with my friend Kelly and uh, he actually helped me build cages for the, for the show here. So we went and got these rod iron cages. It's like, I did it old school welding and everything. They were four by, four foot by seven foot. I mean, they weighed probably 280 pounds here. And um, so they, they were doing a show um, and their, their rock, their rock band, it's, you know, um, Baltimore rock, it's heavy rock band. Um, so I had on, we had two cages on there. And I also, I had so many ideas because I'm like thinking, oh, well, we could do uh, metal corsets, call them grinder girls, like David Letterman had grinder girls on his show. And I was like, you know what? I'll borrow that here. It doesn't matter. I'll even have them wear goggles. It'll be great. And um, so what what we did is we we did this show, and I got to use my cages finally. 280 pounds on each one here. So we brought them in on a dolly, and it takes three of us to lift them up on stage. So we had them on both sides of the stage. The great thing is John Allen is rocking my shirt my Paragon shirt on stage. Okay. And um, so I had that shirt and the girls, the Paragon girls on both sides of the stage had a different shirt on. Um, one is a knockout shirt. Um, and like, remember when I told you that my shirts had a, um, have a, a meaning. Yes. Every shirt that I do, there's a meaning behind it. And like, I'm, I'm uh like inspired by people. Well, one of the girls um, inspired me to do a knockout shirt. And it's, um, you know, it could mean a couple different things. Um, you know, knockout is gorgeous. Um, and then it had boxing gloves on it. So one of my girls would wear that. They would wear boy shorts. They would be in the one cage over there. And then on the other side, there's 
Um, uh, like one of the shirts is called Pretty Little Liar. Um, so one of them had the one on the, the other cage, they had that as well. So they're dancing there. People love it. And it's not, um, people love the girls dancing because it brings another aspect instead of just guys on stage dancing. The girls loved it. I mean, like the girls out in the audience had no problem with it, you know, and it, we, we just had a great time. And um, John Allen gave me the opportunity, like during the set breaks and stuff, to have a fashion show, you know, on stage. So I would go up there and I'd have each of the girls come out and twirl around and do their, show the shirts and stuff. This is really unique. Like, I, th th this is something I've never heard of. You, you, you're, you're an out-of-the-box thinker. Right. And you made things happen. It's, it's called... <laughs> It's called you don't have any money <laughs> to do this and you make your you make it you 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 push and you you try to do it any way possible here. And I tell you um the great thing about this is um with with this when we met with John Allen and I start doing this stuff with their band and stuff my girls would go out in the audience and talk to everybody you know, we'd have seven, we'd have uh, seven foot pictures of each of the girls that are there draped on the, on the sides of the stage or up on the rafters and stuff. So people would see them. They almost become a celebrity. Right. And then are able to talk to them. And then they come out and, you know, there, there are people that are afraid to talk to anybody, especially like a gorgeous girl. And... So they go out in there and they start talking to him. Wow, hey, do you want a, a, a temporary tattoo with Paragon on it? They can be intoxicated, they can, you know, but they're always gonna remember where they got that tattoo at. Right. And, um, but yeah, it, it went over great. And I tell you, funny story here real quick. Um, and this was kind of the funny part. I, I came out and I had the honor of introducing the band. And one of my girls that was in the one cage, her father came down from Pine Grove, um, and he's standing there. He didn't know where to stand, and she comes out, and she's, you know, dancing in one of the cages, and she's like, Dad, what are you doing here? Go over to the other side of the cage there, and go over to the other girl, you know, go over to her cage. He's like, well, I didn't know what to do. And everybody just laughed about it. Because that's what we do. We don't hold ourselves too serious. Right. I mean, we have fun. And it's all about fun. And it's about the rock music. So when, what time period is this now, where you're talking about? 2010. Okay. And so what's the journey from there? Are you still working at the bank at that time? No. Okay. When did you make, I'm interested when you made that move. Because that's a bold move. Right. I know, especially making good money. And then, you know, because you get, you get burned out. Um, I was at this bank for 13 years. And I loved it. You know, I loved what I do. Because I always have fun no matter what I do. Um, I just decided to leave and say, look, I'm, I'm ready for a change. And so I decided to, to do Paragon full time. You know, and it, it's crazy because I was looking at one of my boxes that I had from there. I had in storage and I would draw the, the Paragon logo 
on there. And then I'd have like, I did a belt buckle. <laughs> and so I had it all sketched out on a pad. And you, you always hear about people doing that because I always keep things up in my brain. And, uh, but I did, I did sketch it out. And at that time I knew I'm out of here. And it's hard, trust me. <laughs> you know, it's either if you sell a lot of shirts, you're great for a month or two. But if you're not selling anything, it's, you know, and especially when you have a son. I was, I was a single dad and uh, raising my son as well. It's tough, but, you know, thank God I made it through here. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about your son. I know you have a very special relationship. I do. Talk about it. Why? Gun Gunner. Okay. And actually, Gunner, I have to thank Gunner because he he is such a, a special kid. Um, when his mother and I divorced in 2007, um, I always taught him to lead, don't follow. And... Um, you know, and to be his own self, not to get in, not to be a part of the in crowd. Isn't there a song, something about the in crowd? Um, and I always tease him, you don't want to do that. You, you want to, you want to do, you do you. And he did. Now, granted, he's eight at the time. Um, and then I started Paragon too. I was still working at the bank. Um, so, with Gunner, I was like, hey, dude, do you want to go to a concert here? <laughs> and so um, we went to the York Fair, and we saw Drowning Pool, Hailstorm, and Charm City Devils. And how old was he? He was eight. Okay. <laughs> so his mother is cringing at home. So, But um, he, we were out there, and all of a sudden, um, he... He says, Dad, because he's thinking for me. He's like, Dad, look at that girl. <laughs> he's like, look at that girl up in the front. He says, she could be a Paragon girl for you. And I was like, who are you talking about? And he goes, that girl up there. He goes, I'll go up and talk to her for you. And I was like, no, Gunner. And he started going up there. And it was Samantha. Um, Samantha Allison is like my original Paragon girl, you know, and I, I have to thank my son for that, you know, um, and uh, and then uh, I have Angie as one of my Paragon girls um, that actually went to the York Fair with us, and um, and so when Gunner went up to Samantha, she and then I was right behind her, so it looked like I was trying to hit on her, and she was like 21 or 22. Like, who's this old guy <laughs> trying to hit on me? And, um, and then I explained to her, and he goes, she goes, well, give me your number. I'll, I'll call you. And um, so all of a sudden, you know, and now she is part of the Paragon family. And, um, but just to see my son out there at his first rock concert, you know, he's shaking his hands going like, and oh, it's just melting my heart here. And look, so. for, for a young boy like that, I mean, I'm sure it made a, a, a pretty major impact on his life, right? Even, even to today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, um, so <laughs> I got the, um, I got the bright idea. Oh, 
people love kids. Let's throw Gunner into let's throw Gunner into a Paragon video. Um, so I would do this. I did this video. Um, uh, it's like people so strange and. Um, so Gunner, his talent, his hidden talent at eight years old, I might I add, he could put a fork on his nose and he would be called like Magnet Boy because it would stay there. <laughs> and so he did that. He introduced the videos for me of like our photo shoots and stuff that we did. We put it a collage and we put it to rock music. And um, but yeah, it's and how great. fun is that that, that you're able to share this with him? Oh, and how old is he now? About 18? eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. And what, what's what's the relationship like today? Oh, he's still bringing it. He's still doing it for me here too. He 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 supports my clothes. There, he rocks my clothes all the time. And like when he sees someone that would be good to help promote Paragon and stuff. He lets me know. He's your best spokesperson. Yes, he is. And he, he toots my horn, my own horn for me. So he actually um, uh, is now, yeah, his, he has um, a couple friends that he's like, hey, Dad, what about this person or what about this person? And, you know, and I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. So he, he's my talent relations. <laughs> he helps me with that. So cool. No, and I could relate because I actually, when Michael Leonard who's our producer is not available, right. I'll take my son. Right. So he's gone to LA with me, he's gone to Charlotte, uh, he's been to you know, all these different cities, and we travel together, and it, you know, there's that special bond when, oh. when you're, you know, you're doing work, uh, but you're actually teaching them in the process, showing right. them real life, they're able to meet people, so I, I could totally relate to the situation, and um, you know, I think it's wonderful for parents to include their kids, especially when you're your own boss, to right. be able to, to to allow that. Yeah, and um, I mean, he comes up with some shirt ideas. Sometimes they're not the best, but like someone's wearing a shirt that he helped design. He helped design my rock and roll center shirt, and um, you know, and he wears that thing all the time because he's proud of it. You know, That's so great. that makes me that makes me very very happy. <laughs> So I know some of the major shows, uh, you went to Arizona, you, you were in San Diego. When, just again, time perspective now, the, the, um, how long does this continue with, with John? Um, so John, John Allen, um, through with like all the Baltimore shows and stuff and like the, the local shows in my area, we, we did that up until like 2014 and um and then charm city devils have taken a break now and um so and and we've we've i've kind of taken back just a little bit from the shows because i'm working on other things here like shows in arizona and um also uh san diego here um like the show in san diego was right after the show in Baltimore, and that was like 2010, 2011, I would say. And um, so I have to say, a person that has really been supporting my shirts was Shyla Stiles. She, she got on the bandwagon at the beginning, like um, in her IBDM 
she's wearing my shirt, my gangsta shirt that I did there. And she was so, this girl was so sweet, so nice. Um, you know, when she was in Baltimore, um, she actually came to my house. We had dinner um, with my mom because remember, I was, <laughs> I was single and um, I just moved out of my old house that I was living in and I was staying with my mom until I got another house. Being a single dad, it's tough. Yeah. And um, so my, my mom got to meet her too. And it's not about what people do. It's about what's in their what's in their heart and how they are, and I'm telling you what, this this girl was so amazing. When you're dealing with like celebrities and stuff like that, um, that you want to bring a crowd in, um, I had one girl from the Rock of Love. We won't bring her name up, but um, she was like 750 for two hours, you know, that, so I was like, okay, well, we'll do that. Cause rock love was really big then. And, um, you know, I think it was off the air for like two years, but you know, they still go around when you're in a reality show. Um, I mean, you're, you're upwards of a thousand dollars, you know, for two hours of work and even up further. Um, and then, I said, hey, Shyla, her, her real name is Amanda. Um, Amanda is like, oh, yeah, I would love to do that. You know, I would love to come down there. And here's my fee. And it was a little more expensive. But, you know, I'm thinking about how this will help my brand. And um, so I said, well, I'm going to fly you in here. And she goes, oh, no, I'll just, you know, come down come down to San Diego. I always want to take the train or something. And I was like, wow, well, how much is that? I'll pay for it to come down. She goes, no, don't worry. And um, so we get there and she's driving a Bentley. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So um, the promoter that I had promoting this was was not the best. And when we got there, um, everything was like my street teams were not working and, you know, again, putting money on credit cards and putting money where you don't have it, you know, and you're trying to build your brand because, you know, that one big break, if, if you have a good show, if the door is really great, you know, it's going to be awesome. So we go to this, um, I forget what the club was named, but anyway, we went to the club at first we went in there, there was <laughs> no one there. And I had one of my Paragon girls, Amber, with me. I had Amanda, or Shyla, and I had this girl from Rock Love there. And it was terrible. I mean, there was no one there. And then, so it was like, where's the door person? And well, you're going to have to pay us to do it. So we had, I had to get one of my people to work the door. And, um, yeah, the promoter kind of took advantage of me there. And you can probably tell I don't use this promoter anymore. So as the night goes on, we're still staying there because, you know, we rented this place out. And uh, no one comes. And then all of a sudden there were a few people that were coming. Um but Shyla was amazing. She was there and she was talking. She was like basically 
hawking my shirts out and people were buying them and she the thing that I liked is she brought some of her merch with her to sell and she was pushing my merch for me and the at the end of the night you know she says look I don't want you to pay me for this because I know you were taken advantage of but I want to be a part of Paragon. I want to be one of the girls that, you know, when you talk about Paragon, they know it's me, you know? And I said, deal, you know? And uh, she was very loyal to me. And um, like last year, uh, unfortunately, she passed away. Oh, sorry. Um, due to a drug overdose. Oh, boy. And um, it's terrible, you know? But I tell you what, that girl was so amazing to me, you know, not knowing who I am and stuff. And she takes a chance with me about my shirts and stuff. And she, she rocked my shirts everywhere. You talked about getting that one break. Right. Did you get that break? I, I think I did, but I think it was the first show I ever did, you know, in Baltimore at Angel Rock Bar. You know, Tony D'Angelo um, gave me a break. He was the manager at Angel Rock Bar. And um, after that, my fan base has grown so much. And it's all by word of mouth. And uh, people, people love me, you know, there, you know, <laughs> with the shirts. Sure. They love the shirts. And um, the Paragon girls, too. So let's talk about the designs, the quality. It seems like you put a lot of thought, a lot of effort. Are you the sole designer? Do you have other designers? I, um, I'm the one that comes up with the ideas. Um, I do have a designer in California. His name's Anthony Creek. He's awesome. Um, he, he, he's the one that manufactures my shirts for me now. Um, and where, where does that happen? Um, in Fowler, California. So they're actually making the shirt for you? Correct. Your own colors, yes. your own cuts? Right. And he prints them out and he, he gets them all, he designs them for me, like if there's any tweaking or anything like that. Um, sometimes, like I was saying, I get my inspiration from, like, do you, when, when I was little, my parents would, or my grandparents would say, oh, you're a little firecracker, or you're a sharpshooter, you know? And that to me is like, I always remember that. And I just, you know, I guess it's like a, um, a thank you to my, you know, that's, that's a good memory for me because growing up was, was not the best. I mean, I have loving parents and stuff, but we weren't rich, you know? So, um, when with the, like the firecracker shirt, my grandmother would always say, oh, you're a little firecracker, you know, get in the house or something like so that. So that was the inspiration. Yes, so that was the inspiration. And um, like when we would go out and we would like shoot BB guns or something, I was really good. And my grandfather or my dad would say, you know, hey, you're a pretty good sharpshooter. Another inspiration, mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, the inspirations come from like my personal experiences or the girls. Uh, one of like the knockout shirt comes, my inspiration for that was Crystal Milana, who um, 
was a Playboy playmate or Playboy model and um, one of the best girls you would ever meet. She's awesome. And so she helped insp inspire some shirts. Um, just there's so many people that helped me inspire shirts. My fiance, my son, everybody. And is it a continual process? Like how often are you coming up with, with new designs? Um, and my other question is, is this an online business at this point? Where, where, where are the, you know, where are the sales coming from? Um, mostly online here. I do have some stores. Um, my biggest sale was in Norway of all places here. They love me in Norway here. Um, but yeah, so a lot of, a lot of little boutiques all over the U.S. Um, and mainly online. Um, of course, when you sell to a boutique, you're only making like $2 a shirt. So it's more of a wholesale yeah, situation. Yeah, it's a wholesale mm -hmm. situation um, where online, I don't mark my shirts up. I try to have the best quality of the shirts that I have here because, you know, if I don't like the shirts, I know other people won't like the shirts as well. I do have a, a designer also in California as well. Um, He's in Fowler as well. He also helps me design. Like, I'll give him my ideas, and he'll put them on paper, and then I give him the A-OK. -okay. Earlier, you talked a lot about building a brand. Right. And what's involved with that. Talk a little bit more about the importance of building a brand and the, the attention that you pay to that and the detail of it. Because it's not easy to build a brand, right? No. It's not easy at all. Um, so um, with Paragon here, um, I started, you know, and I promotion, promotion, promotion to help me build a brand, to help, um, to help me get my name out there. Um, like I said earlier, I give a lot of shirts away for free here. <laughs> um, I have a lot of celebrity support right now. And, you know, if you can get celebrities to rock your shirts, people will see them wearing them. Where do you get that shirt? And that's my key is getting celebrities to rock the shirts. And then I can put them on my site here. Um, so would you recommend that for people who oh, are looking to build? build absolutely. I, I tell you, especially if you don't have money <laughs> to do it, you know, um, where you... You, you get shirts and then you reach out to them and you, you talk to them. Now, I had an in because of John Allen, you know, because when we go do shows with him, then we meet other bands like Sweet Cyanide, um, Theory of a Dead Man, everyone that he tours with, everyone that they tour with, you know, you get to meet and say, hey, you want to rock my shirt? And then they'll rock their shirt and then they'll be like, hey, where'd you get that shirt at? And then, then you're in. When, and I always like to tease with everybody, hey, if you own a t-shirt company and if, you're, if, if it's like something that like a rock star would wear, you're in. And uh, I tell you, knock on wood, I'm in right now. So I could just tell by your expression how much you love what you do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am 24-7 Paragon here, you know. Um, 
it's so proud when you have people wearing your shirts here. Now, I have to gloat a little bit here because um, when you think of rock bands and stuff, you think of vixens, like rock star vixens, like video vixens, I should say. Um, two girls usually come to mind. Um, Tawny Katane on the Jaguar of Here We Go Again, White Snake, and Bobby Brown from Warrant, Cherry Pie. Well, I reached out to Bobby Brown and she loved my shirts. She said, yeah, I'll rock them. <laughs> so I sent her some shirts. And um, the great thing is when we come to California, she's going to come to our show and be a part of our show here for me. So Is that coming up? Uh, that'll be in August, September. Okay. So... Yeah, I'd have to ask TJ about that. <laughs> so, but so you're still in this mode of constant promotion, building your brand. It never stops, right? If anything, it only escalates. Yeah, I tell you, um, and it's hard because I don't do. I do it unorthodox. Um, like most people would go to trade shows, um, and they would promote their show shirts and stuff that way to get people to. Um, go into uh, the stores and stuff that, you know, when you go to a trade show, like you'll have a buyer come up, hey, I love your shirts. We want to get them in our sh stores, Macy's. That would be awesome, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, um, you know, uh, Dillard's or whatever store, you know. I don't do that. Um, your choice. My choice right now. I, never say never, though, <laughs> because... You know, I, I, my goal for Paragon is to have Paragon everywhere, but it's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not just a brand to me, you know, um, people that wear my shirts, it's a lifestyle, you know, they feel Paragon. They feel like a model of excellence. What can you compare your brand to that's out in the mainstream that the average person might know as far as the feeling? Because I know with certain clothes, I know, I know what you mean when you put that shirt on or, you know, just psychologically, it, it plays into your confidence. Right. Um, Is there any, you know, like even when you were growing up, was there anything that you wore that, you know, whether it was Levi jeans or, or who knows what it was that, that made you feel that way? I really like Travis Barker's um, line, famous stars and straps. Um, that was really good. Uh, you know, his T-shirts, <laughs> it's huge. I mean, you know, just to see, you know, when, when people are wearing this famous shirt, they love it. They think it's awesome. You know, the big F on your, your shirt here. Um, sneakers that I'm wearing right now, um, Sean John's sneakers. I feel good with these on, you know? And um, like, you just feel your, your confidence builds when you wear a brand that you really like. And so, like, that's what I do with Paragon. I've had so many people, I have a lot of repeat customers, you know, that, that love my shirts and it makes them feel sexy. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. And is it quality or is it psychological? What is it? It's, it's quality, 
And I think it's the way the shirts that I get fit, like, say for the, the, the girls, it fits all in the right places here. And um, so you're, you're, you're actually, in addition to the design of, of the whatever is printed, right. you're, you're designing the, the actual um, style, if you will. Right. And and ex especially like with the the placement and everything of the 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 design and the different so designs that all plays and stuff. Into it. Yeah, so it all plays into it. I I feel very proud of a brand that I built here. Um, we're not super huge right now. <laughs> However, we're going to be there. I know that for a fact. Well, I wouldn't doubt it because you have so much passion. And look, I mean, our show we're not about promoting companies per se but this is more about your story to me that here you are single dad right working at a bank put a lot of hard work into that but you were doing the drawings you're designing things you had this in the back of your mind that this is what you wanted to do you made it happen and not only that here we are how many years later and and now you're and now you're <laughs> You're living it, right? Yes. But you're saying you still need to get to that next level. Right. And like, if I make it, everyone will be like, oh, look, this is a uh, overnight success company here. It's not. It's 11 years. And uh, believe me, if you would ask my fiance, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a, a long, long road here. <laughs> so. I understand you may have a television show in development oh yes can you talk about that yes I can um, working with access entertainment um, we have a development deal with a major network right now um, I tell you what Roger if you want it's 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 going to be fun is this is a feel-good um, a feel-good show it's it's about my company of course and the, the unorthodox way that I run my business. Um, I'll, give you a little, I'll give you a little teaser of this. Um, so anywhere we go, like whatever we do, like an event that we do, let's say rodeo, okay? You're like, rodeo? That's country. It's, granted, it is country, but we would design a shirt for that for the the event that we go to so with the show it's about it's about paragon me the unorthodox way i do business here is it a reality show yes um it's it's more of a, a tongue-in-cheek we don't hold ourselves too serious you know it's a feel-good show you know we want to make people laugh we want to make people feel good to be honest i want people like i love duck dynasty you know, because the whole family can sit and watch the show. Right. Um, so I'll give you a little taste of what we would do. Um, so one of our shows is where we go to a rodeo, okay? And with the, the rodeo here, like every event that we go to, we will design a shirt. And we'll do meet and greets and have a booth up where we will have that shirt that we set aside for them um, for the show. Like the world's most dangerous playground is what I did. Um, 
and then like the 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 cowgirl shirt that we were doing here. The world's most dangerous playground. Do you know what that is? No. Rodeo bull riding. Okay. I'm telling you, craziest people ever. And I tell you, and they they work their butt off. Sounds dangerous. To ride a bull. Well, so I get the bright idea to, they, they said, hey, Darren, do you want to play bull hockey? And I was like, well, hey, I'm half Canadian. I'll, I'll do it. So we went out. We got a shirt, a uh, bullseye shirt from Target. And um, I had a hockey stick. I'm all ready to go out. And they go, no, that's not the way we do it. So, and they, they were kind of making fun of me. And um, so we took the hockey stick, threw that to a side. They stuck me out in the middle of um, the the rodeo, the the ring, you know, where they, the I don't know what they call it, but... Um, so I'm with real, real cowboys here <laughs> with real boots and stuff. And I have my cool looking boots on my earrings and my ripped jeans. I look cool. They gave me a flap, uh, a flap jacket, you know, a vest, a protective vest. And I was like, what do I need this for? And then they explained it. They explained to me what bull hockey is, where the humans are the pucks. So... <laughs> <laughs> so what they do is they have a the chutes where the bulls come out of and there's two hockey rings two two hockey goals and if you get the bull if you cross if the bull crosses into the ring, into the goal the the team at the end of like 5 minutes gets $250 to split between all three people so I'm like, okay. And they're like, and they're, they're like really like, I got this. I can do this, you know, because I'm like the world's greatest athlete. I tell them, you know, yeah, I'll sign the waiver and everything. And they said, are you sure you want to wear that shirt? I said, yeah, absolutely. So they open the, they open the chute. The bull comes straight at me and you know, I always pride myself on cat-like reflexes. It didn't work because I slipped. The bull hits me, picks me up in the air, and then runs right over the top of me here. But I tell you what, so much adrenaline. And I got right back up, and I was like, yes! <laughs> and it's like, I'm not dead. But it, it, it's like you're scared, but when it hits you... I mean, I'm getting hit by a Mexican 2,500-pound bull. Hits me square in the chest. And then I, I go down, and he sticks his horns in my chest and runs right over me. Oh, my gosh. I'm Were you hurt? Were you injured at all? No. I mean, what's a couple of ribs? But I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I jumped up, and I finished playing it. We did not win. We lost by one goal. But, and this is part of the show? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. So then at the, um, at the intermission, so I get this bright idea. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have the Paragon girls ride ostriches. You know, because if you've ever been to a rodeo, and if you haven't, we got to take you to one. Okay. So 
they have like mutton busting where they put kids on sheep. I always wanted to do that with Gunner, but he came out like already three foot tall, you know? Um, but so what they do is they put people on the, um, put people on the, the ostriches and it's a fun, it's a, a laugh a minute here. And my girls, the Paragon girls, they're okay with making fun of themselves. That's part, that's, if you want to be a Paragon girl, you have to be okay with making fun of yourself because believe me, I do it all the time. So they get on the, um, the ostriches, five of them, and you know, they're like, oh, what do we do, what do we do? We get them on there, and then they pull the shoes. The last one that gets out, the last one that falls down, wins $250 from the rodeo. Woohoo! That's great. <laughs> so, That's great. It sounds fun. So then I decide that, you know what? World's most dangerous playground, I can ride a bull. Huh. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this. You know, kids, you know, who, these kids are like 22 years old riding bulls and stuff. And I tell you, they were the toughest guys out there. Like any sports, put Michael Jordan on a rodeo bull. Mm. Good luck, right? Yeah. And, um, but these guys are like, and I'm sorry to go off on a, a tangent here. The, the guys are like ripping their shoulders out. But they still get up. They they put a brace on their arm that actually has a metal piece that goes across there that has their arm because they dislocated their shoulder. They get out and they do it every day, in and out, each week. And I was like, oh, I got this. So I get my Nikki Six cowboy hat on because I don't wear hats usually. But I got his cowboy hat, put it on there, nice leopard. And um, I'm like, all right, and as I'm in the the shoot, the bull is just kicking my like its horns are hitting my legs and stuff. I am scared to death. I'm like, this was probably not a good idea here. But as soon as they open it up, I if you I I I fall right away. But and this is all filmed. Yes. But the thing is, I tried it. Yeah. I broke my fear, and now I'm I'm not scared of anything, you know. Um, so we are going to go to all these different places. Everywhere we go, we're going to do um, we're going to do shirts, and we'll have our booth there. We'll do meet and greets and stuff. But we're going to be a part of the shows and stuff. But that's just a taste of my world. I love it. I love the theme. So it's fun. And it's fun. And uh, I want people to watch it and, like, say, oh, what's, what's he going to get into next week? Yeah. So. Wow. We'll see. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for making the, the, the trip here, uh, for sharing your story. If you were to take out your cell phone, call the 20-year-old Darren. What would you say? I would say um, stay on the right path. You know, and it's funny to say this in this day's economy, but money is not everything. You know, do what you enjoy. You know, life, because when I was working the, when I was working the bank, 
I was killing myself doing the same thing over and over every single day, going to a cubicle, walking down the aisles, seeing if everybody's doing everything right, monitoring calls and stuff. With this, you don't know what tomorrow brings. So I would just say, keep doing what you're doing here and continue to what you're doing here. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of good, good things here. Um, and I want to do a lot of good things for um, different causes and stuff. And we have a cause that we're getting ready to um, to break open here, a campaign, a lead don't follow campaign. And um, that's going to be huge here. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So... Um, and I actually have something that I'm going to give you here in just a Thank second. Um, so my great publicist, T.J. Basham, um, has been working tirelessly here helping me with this every day in and out here. Um, so lead don't follow. Um, I, had a, I had a friend from high school. My fiance and I, we, we moved into a house here that was a drug house. And um, we, we moved in, and they, they knew that we moved in, and they knew that I did T-shirts. And um, she reached out to me, a heartfelt letter, where she lost her son to a drug overdose. And she said, hey, will you do a shirt for me? Um, for for like something to honor my son, such as like F heroin or something like that. And I, I put her back. I don't really put curse words on t-shirts and stuff. And um, so I, I remember what, I've, what I instilled into my son, Lead Don't Follow. So we're, we're coming out with this campaign called Lead Don't Follow. I, um, I got with my rock and roll friends here. And I'm going to show you one of the shirts here. I have a whole box of goodies here. Wow. All right. I'm excited. So this is our, this is our first shirt. Oh, wow. It's, uh, it's Paragon Lead Don't Follow. Awesome. And um, this is one of the shirts. Thank you. Um, one of my, this is what I wanted to show you here. Um, Angelo, uh, Fariello from Sweet Cyanide from New York. Um, he actually joined up with me to make this shirt, Lee Don't Follow. That is awesome. Um, he's actually wearing my shirt on stage <laughs> here. So, you know? so it's a shirt inside of a shirt here. But that's for you. Oh, thank you um, so much. That's really a great design. So the rock and roll... The rock and roll community, we're done with this, you know. We, you know, because there's so much politics today where politicians are wanting to, you know, they say they want to help with the opioid addictions, um, Republicans, Democrats, um, but nothing's getting done. So I'm taking it upon myself, and we're going to, I'm teaming up with all my rock and roll friends, all my celebrity friends. We're going to start doing um, 
benefit shows to, I live in Maryland. I live in um, the, and we have a Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, we have um, a pretty big uh, drug epidemic there where these kids are losing their lives. TJ and I have sons. We don't want Gabe or we don't want Gunner to get into that issue, you know? I don't want my stepdaughters getting into it. I don't want them to start on drugs. So that's why we got to get it out there. Lead, don't follow, be yourself. And uh, so my rock and roll friends, we're going to start doing benefits. We're going to get big name bands. We're going to go around to different areas. Like if they're in the area, so all the money that we raise for let's say my area here. Um, we have a place uh, called, the, called Brooks House um, that deal with women who are like addicted to drugs in their rehabilitation and they're trying to get back on the right path. They're a nonprofit organization. So I wanna help raise money for them. So we're gonna do a benefit concert. All the proceeds, everything goes to to that local treatment center here. Um, some of the proceeds for the shirts, because it does cost to make shirts here, um, some of the proceeds to the shirts are going directly to, so like if someone goes onto my site and buys a shirt, when we get it all set up, they'll be able to pick like where they're at. So if they're in California, we'll have a local place in California that will donate money to it. Awesome. Um, with the, but I tell you what, I have to give it up to all these rockers. You know, who would thought that, um, like, Angelo would say, yeah, go ahead and do this. That's awesome. Because they care and they're good people. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and, and some of them have had addictions. Sure. But they got it back, and they know their life is so much better yes. now. Yes. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about this because we're – Right now, we're working on, um, there's a company in New England that has like, it's a big company here that we're working with them. And uh, we want to bring, we're going to bring a benefit concert to them. And we're going to do it in many cities here. But every city that we do, whatever local place we're at, we will pick a nonprofit organization to give to that to help sponsor yeah. People that can't afford it because, you know, insurance won't pay for that. Right. Or if they do, it's like for seven days and you need to be in there at least 28 days. Yeah. And uh, we just want to give a message that it's all right to, you don't have to, like, I think like today kids think like, oh, that guy drives a really nice car and I want to be like him. Well, if he's doing drugs or he's selling drugs. Shame on them, first of all. But if they're doing that, we need to get them away from that. And if they're already addicted, we want to help. And so with the, the lead don't follow, I mean, I have so much celebrity support with this, all the rockers that are rocking my shirts. You know, we want to get them all together. Like, it'll be different bands in different areas. It all kind of contingent on where they're at at sure. the time but we'll work it all out to where we'll be good to go here and you know we just want to make a difference here well i know you're going to and i, I commend you for that and i thank you for this 
Um, how do people get in touch with you? If um, I know a lot of people are going to be inspired by your story, right? How do they How do they reach you? What's the um, best way? Darren at Darren Scott's Paragon. Okay. Um, or they can go on Facebook, uh, Darren Scott's Paragon. And we'll put the links in the show notes as yes. well. Yes. And uh, Instagram, Darren Scott's Paragon, and uh, Twitter is the Paragon Girls. Excellent. So. Excellent. Yes. Darren, this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for doing this. One last question before I let you go. I'm not okay. letting you go out of this chair yet. All right. What do you want your legacy to be? Well, I, I, I think I would want that. That's a good question here. Um, self-made, you know? I want to be self-made here. It's a hard road. Trust me. I've... I've I've, so many times I felt like going back into the corporate world here, but I just want people to to like think, you know what? He helped people, and uh, you know he's determined. Um, you know because I'm always determined to uh, to make this right and to to help push my company into a next level here and you know what i love to have my every store in america all around the world to have paragon in it awesome well i have a lot of faith in you and look i appreciate you doing this welcome to the american real family i can't wait to sport these shirts thanks so much oh thank